said separation between blacks and whites. What was we talking about? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything. I don't want to be a part of nothing they got going on. That's interesting. That's my, I'm still conservative, but that's how I still be feeling sometimes. So I don't want to be a part of really nothing they have going on. Okay. You can give I, your own twist on it, though, but, like, that's how I feel. I can't relate, question mark. <laughs> uh, I have thoughts. We'll get to them. <laughs> Why should we be a part of anything they have going on, though? Just because just we live in the same country, every other race still, still, like, bees with their own kind. So how come we can't do the same thing? I'll let you know in just a minute. Are we starting? Are we like? Is it yeah, fun? you can go ahead and start. Oh, okay. Well, then I just introduce myself or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's Danny D and you guys want to introduce yourselves or? They know who we are. I'm Daniel. I'm just gonna keep it one hundred. <laughs> um, Alex back for season two. Okay, and so we're already kind of started talking about it, but. We're going to discuss black, white, and being separate. So basically, like, segregation all over again? Yes. Yes, I'm 100% on board with that. Okay, so, like, I was going to write a story, like, a news article type thing about this when I was in college. I had this idea about that. And it kind of was, like, when I asked other people, you know, what they thought, they were kind of like, eh, you know, um, I think they wanted to be like, yes, but at the same time, no. Um, so like the whole reason why we went through the whole civil rights situation with Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and stuff like that was because they were, yes, it, things were segregated, but things were segregated and things were not equal. So like if you have the water fountain and it one is the water fountain for whites and one is the water fountain for blacks, the water fountain for whites would be all nice and wonderful. Water fountain for blacks would be all gross. Same with schools. You have the school for white children, which was an excellent school. You'd have a school for black children, which was there was no funding so they didn't have the the correct things that they needed to be at the same level as the white counterparts so that's why i think i mean well why we fought for equal rights more so than like desegregation and so much it just is that i think desegregation came through the fact that we were looking for equal rights so we were looking to sit in the front of the bus and to be able to sit at the, go to any store, you couldn't just say, oh, this is the whites only store. Mm -hmm. So I need to understand the plan to go back into segregation because in other words, if we're going to be on this particular continent in these particular states with these people, how does one separate themselves and make sure that we get equal footing? How does one make their own government? How do we not get how do and let's just I mean here's what we be, do it could be it could be Trump it could be some other president but if we were to say succeed like the confederacy right then that would make us what treasonous so then that would make us not if you're Texas <laughs> that, <laughs> that would make us be like you know, criminals that the U.S. government could come after. So, like, we yeah. need a plan. If we're going to be doing that kind of thing, we need a plan. And Can and I run this by you real quick? Oh, okay. You go. Just real quick. Just real quick. Okay. So, a friend of mine, uh, we were actually talking about this. He's a white guy, but we were cool. So, uh, we're kind of yeah. loose with each other. So, um, he was saying, like, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give y'all Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, but you can't have Florida because all the old white people in Florida be there had a fit. 
He obviously can't have Texas because Texas is like huge. So, and then you call it the Black Republic of America. And because Blacks are 13% of the United States, then we get 13% of everything, whether it be like army or the military, uh, nuclear weapons, whatever. So pretty much set up as your own country. So that's what he said. And we were, you know, joking, obviously. But then, I mean, would we be happy? That's what I'm saying. No, we wouldn't, though, because like I'm a black folks were so content on being a part of European um, 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 uh, companies and European people. And we want to be a part of everything they got going on, though. And that's why I feel like the, this country has brainwashed us to not be loyal to our own kind first. We have to be loyal to them first. And that's why I think segregation needs to come back. We, we, we need to have Black-owned businesses, Black-owned companies, and Black-owned neighborhoods for all of us to come together and like and don't be a part of nothing they got going on. That's And that's what needs to happen. Here's my thing. In under, under the Republic of the Black, whatever that was, um, what's to say that the others can't come and fight us like what's well, holding what's nothing. really holding north korea back nothing you know what i mean Not okay nothing. so if that's the case then we would go we'll to war so i mean there are different treaties and different things i mean at the end of the day when it comes to war and stuff like that there is some place like they don't want to do nothing with north korea they don't know what's going on with north korea so because they don't there's secrecy there but north korea also don't want to get hit by the u.s in all reality Mm -hmm. like there's a fear factor there for both there's a fear factor in the united states there's a fear factor for um from north korea's perspective that's why Mm -hmm. they ain't done them they threaten they're they're fear mongers they're gonna threaten they're gonna pretend like but you know they not really doing nothing or they haven't done anything yet you know what i'm saying but who's Mm -hmm. to say that like you know, all of a sudden we're going to get somebody in charge. It could be anybody. It could be a Republican. It could be a Democrat. It could be anybody. And they could say, we want all that back. We want Louisiana back. And who, and what, what person, who wants to leave Detroit? I mean, I know people do. But when I say that, I mean, like, if it's a mostly black city, you know, big time black city, who wants to leave Detroit? And then who wants to leave Chicago I mean yes it's but you, you'd have to understand that there are people who yeah they know their city has some you know danger or some bad things that happen there but who wants to leave their town or city I don't want to live in Louisiana it's hot me <laughs> you know what I'm saying me so I don't mm-hmm. understand how we would be able to effectively and the reason why it I don't think that it was so much of a brainwashing I think it had a lot to do with the fact that we didn't have anything that was equal to what they had. And so therefore we were always behind. We were always mm-hmm. below because we couldn't get yeah. any higher. There always were rules that they created to keep us down. We fought to break some, not break, but to change these rules so that we could at least get uh, the proper footing to be able to compete with them. We're here. You know what I'm saying? It's not a matter of us wanting to be European. It's just a matter of us wanting mm-hmm. to be able to, like, okay, so you have a black-owned what? You have a black-owned, I don't know, car, a car uh, builder. Dealership. No, I want to even take it further. A black-owned, um, like, like Ford, you know, but it's black, right? So it, it's mm-hmm. Jones instead of Ford, right? Okay, yeah. so you got the Jones company that makes the Jones car, right? Okay, but we already know that if it's the black company and it dealing in the whether it's the Republic of Black or in America or whatever, they're going to be substantially under what people are making at the Ford company. So mm-hmm. why would you want to be a civil engineer and make $60,000 a year, which is very low for an engineer? Mm-hmm. When you can go to the Ford company and make a hundred thousand dollars, so that's that's why we fought so hard so that we could have an equal or a better footing as far as these companies go and things, including school. I mean, mm-hmm. we wanted to go to Yale, 
We wanted to go to Harvard, even though we had our own, we had HBCUs. We still wanted to go to Harvard. I know a lot of um, people who may have gone to, actually, I know a young lady who went to Howard and then went to Harvard. So that's, we want those kind of things because there's a steam to those things. You know what I mean? Yep. And even with just getting driver's license and voter's registration, it was a pain in the butt for black people to get those things done because of, um, you know, Jim Crow and stuff like that. So I'm with Danielle. I don't think it, is, it, it was about um, becoming, you know, European, Europeanized. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a, just trying to be equal just, as mean, human beings. I, I'm a, and I'm going to say, like, for real, in all reality, there is no equal. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Because, We're not. Because mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, there's always some sort of a red line that they create in order to hold it back. You know what I'm saying? There's always some kind of a, and you know, I'm big on the psychology. There is a psychological factor of all of it, but there's always some kind of red tape somewhere where, you know, I know for, well, I'm not going to sit up here and say I know for a fact, because I don't know for a fact, but Mm -hmm. I have a very strong feeling that one of the reasons why I didn't get a teaching job when I first sought for a teacher's job was because of the principal, there was an assistant principal at the time and I don't think I think it was her that kept it from happening um but really yes it was a white assistant assistant principal and I think she did she even though I probably highly qualified compared to some of the others I didn't get hired and and it was so crazy because um they sent me I was getting ready to um because I think I substituted for like a whole year because they offered me a para position, a part-time para position, which is crazy because you could make more money substituting. So I got, um, the only thing is when you're substituting, well, either way, if you substitute, you don't get benefits. And if you're a part-time para, Mm -hmm. you don't get benefits. So it was like, I'd rather just take my chance with the substituting and make more money. And so that's what I did for like a whole year. And then I did, I always would teach summer school. And so that summer, she sends me a message. Let me see. She sent me a message and she said, no, I think they said no to me again. And they were like, try to get your autism certification. And I'm like, y'all are stupid. I have my autism certification. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I told her that I had it and they were like, oh, she looks stupid in the face. So then it was then what ended up happening was one of the teachers, some stuff happened and a teacher left. And so they put me in a position, you see, but it it was just so happened that a teacher left. And that's why Mm. I put in there. But I took it because I wanted to be, you know, I was Gary be like, okay, I'm teaching English in Korea. But (laughs) But um, but they snatched me up, and I've been there ever since. But yeah, I do think it was her that held me back. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people. And I mean, and if you look at it now, if you look at the school I work for, it's me and two other teachers in my particular group because I work for the kids with the disabilities. So it's like a different school. They're yeah. like, I I want to know. There's or black I'm talking about in our main site because I can't remember who's at our other schools but I'm at one and there are three other I think at the other school so there's like four black teachers and then in in my building I'm one only in my part so like in my in the autistic part it's just me Mm -hmm. but then in the other part of the school, I think there are maybe two other black teachers. So yeah, and and we're a district that has a lot of black students, and I think black teachers are well underrepresented, which is a shame. But that's another podcast for another day. But yeah, back. I'm sorry. Back to what we were talking about, though. As far as just you know, I we definitely want it to be. Not necessarily so much desegregated. I don't think we wanted to be desegregated. I think we just wanted equal stuff. I just wanted. I think they wanted exactly. us. 
I mean, I think that we wanted to like be able, like you said, go vote accordingly instead of them mm-hmm. like not allowing casting us, our votes or like us. making us have to go um, take a literacy test. And you know, back in Jim Crow days, couldn't no black person read. Yeah. And how could you read if you couldn't go to school? You couldn't go to school because exactly. you had to go to work, basically. You know, like it's mm-hmm. a whole line of crazy things. So, so yeah. And I think that, you know, going to, say, Yale um, and an HBCU or just going to another school versus an HBCU or just things like that, um, I mean, it's things that you have to do in this day and time and in this type of, you know, nation that we have. I mean, you got to get your education and that doesn't mean that everybody should be forced to go to an HBCU. No, you should. It's your duty to go to an HBCU once you graduate. Now, wait a minute. I disagree with okay, that. Okay, so let me just say something real quick and I'm going to let you go ahead, Alex. <laughs> the reason why I disagree, and I went to Howard, and I believe that Howard is like the best school in life, even though I know there are other good schools. Howard people just have a thing about saying it's the best. But anyway, I would always tell somebody to go to HBCU, but let's think about people who live somewhere where they didn't make no black school because it wasn't no blacks. <laughs> so they didn't have to have uh, a black me. school. There are not, there are some people who just are not in the closest range to be able to go to a black school. So therefore they can't, you know, like travel the distance. Like I was lucky to go to Howard because my mom was okay with having to drive two hours away. But like, let's mm-hmm. say I wanted to go to Spelman, which is in Georgia. That was going to be a little bit difficult. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I mean, there are people who make it happen. Don't get me wrong, but there are some kids who just can't afford that out of school. I mean, out of state, you know, travel to get to an HBCU, you know, even though I do know people that lived all the way in California and come all the way over to the East Coast to go to Howard. That is something to me. Like, I don't know how they did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I don't think it should. Oh, but then again, y'all already know me. Like my loyalty to the black community is there is on thin ice <laughs> for you know my own personal reasons. But I don't think it's your duty to go to HBCU. I mean, I coincidentally go go to a, a historically black community college while I'm going to my mainly Hispanic university. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But that's, and like you were talking about, like, we ain't got no black people around here. Therefore, going to HBCU was never talked about. It's not really discussed here in San Antonio school districts. I mean, when we graduated, the top schools were St. Mary's, uh, Incarnate Word, Trinity, etc. Just like, you know, colleges like that. Nobody really talked about, oh, well, y'all should definitely check out Howard, Howard Spellman, um, if you're a guy, Morehouse, I was like, oh, right. And then the, I would have to say this though: I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily a school. A school should maybe have some thoughts, like be telling and teaching students, but that's also like a parental thing. But every parent don't like, like do that. Like every parent, like my mom, I'm be honest, like I don't think my mom really wanted me to go to this one school because it was really, really, really white and it was in a really, really white area and we're on the East Coast, mm-hmm. kind of in the South. And there are mm-hmm. some parts where like you're you're going to be in the wrong neighborhood as a black person if you go there. Yeah. You know? yeah, so she, she didn't want me to go to a school like that. So she definitely pushed Howard, even though I literally live like I could walk to Dell State from my house it would be it's a pretty decent walk but I wouldn't die <laughs> mm-hmm. so and Dell State is an HBCU but like I never wanted to go to um, Dell State because everybody went to Dell State I want to go to Howard well my mom pushed me she kind of said hey you should apply to Howard and I was like hmm okay well let's see how that goes and I just so happened to get in but um and it and the funny thing about the whole thing is it never was really discussed in my household that I should go to a HBCU. It wasn't necessarily discussed, but there were different things that I watched or saw. So like I watched a different world growing up and then 
I saw the movie School Days at a very young age. So I had the understanding that there was a thing like HBCUs, but it wasn't necessarily pressed. But then there are some families where it's like super pressed, like mm. you're going to an HBCU, mm-hmm. like no diggity, no doubt you're going to an HBCU, <laughs> you know? So. But the reason why I would say go to an HBCU, like the more us need to start going them, going to their, I mean, going to an HBCU mostly because it's 60% white and other races now at these points too, because not a lot of black people are going there. So they have to open up their doors to all kinds of races. And so now poor whites and poor Latinos and other races are taking advantage of their extracurricular activities. And that is not good. How does the HBCU end up being 65 or or, or like 57% white. Black. Well, here's the issue. And this is another, and this is why segregation and desegregation is so sketchy because we had affirmative action. And it's almost like, okay, so on one side, affirmative action worked for us because we can go to any business and get a job. We can go to any school and get an education. We can get the same thing that our white counterparts get usually, typically may, may not might be fully equal, but we still can go do it. But at the same time, it was like, okay, well, if you guys are going to do that, well, we get to do it. So we're going to go to your black mm-hmm. school. You know, like, think about this for a second. That's like, what it was? Yes. So, like, for instance, Dell State. Dell State is super, like, acceptant of white students. And, like, they have, like, okay, Dell State's an agriculture school. It's not, like, it's not called, like, agriculture technology or whatever it's um but their main thing the reason why they started out was definitely agriculture and they have like this whole big time agricultural um program and you can even like if you're going to study agriculture like you can even go there for basically free almost and um and so they also have um an extracurricular equestrian team well guess who's on the equestrian team it's a whole team of white girls. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just interesting to me. Oh, and they almost like lost funding and they fought hard to get those horses back on that campus. It was crazy. But um, but yeah, but here's here's what's real crazy, guys. Like I don't know if it's crazy. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm proud, but at the same time, I'm a little like, what does it mean? Dell State just bought one of the other schools in my town. We have Dell State, and then we have Wesley College. And Wesley, wow. College, Wesley College was the predominantly white school. Like, it was so white that my mom said when she was a little girl, they didn't want to walk on the same street where the school was because they were afraid that white people would get them to do tests. <laughs> wow. So it was really like, it's, and if you look, like, I've, I used to work there, actually. So I would go in the library and find their yearbooks from back in the day. And I look like I would go like, you know, in the 60s, 50s, see if I could find like the first black student, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I think I saw like an Asian person at the school before I saw like black people in this. Sheesh. So, so this school is like a white school. Well, hello. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, we, we hear Okay, good. So um, they um, they just acquired Wesley. And I'm just like, what does that mean? But the part that's also off the hook, and I'm like, almost like, you know how back in the day when you were a kid, you would say, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, stick your head in doo-doo. I'm almost ready to say that to people because I know for a fact that there were white kids at that school that were racist towards black students mm-hmm. and would say so stuff you were ready. Like, and they need to go back to Del, like their Dell State rejects they need to go back to Dell State or whatever like I've seen that written on the desk in the library disgusting right Wow. so I'm like what does this mean and how do those people feel like aha white kids what y'all gonna do now <laughs> <laughs> that's something I just like wish I I wish I could understand more so like what does it mean but I knew that I knew that um like, I knew that Wesley's having a lot of trouble. When I was working there, right as I started to, um, right as I started to get ready to leave that 
the job that I was at, um, the their teacher, um, their education department lost accreditation. Hmm. Now their nursing program was skyrocketing, but everything else seemed to be failing. So I, I don't know. And I know they were losing money and I don't think they have a lot of, I don't think they have retention with their students. I feel like students definitely would, students would either be there for seven years or students would be there for like one year and then they transfer. Dang, that's a large margin. <laughs> I've seen kids be like be there for the longest. Like, are you gonna graduate? It was like a lot of kids who would like be going there and then like they would miss a year because of whatever financial aid fell through or something like that. Or I know a football guy who like he injured himself, so it was like he couldn't play football. So if he couldn't play football, I think like he couldn't get the scholarship or something. Like I don't know how that works, but hmm. yeah. So I know he probably had to take a year out. I know another guy who like went home for us. I think I'm trying to think. He had been there so long. I don't know if he had been there for a long time or he just got got there at a late age because I think he was already like 24. <laughs> And I don't think he was nowhere near finishing. <laughs> Good lord. But he ended up doing something in, in his hometown during the summer and he couldn't come. He didn't come back either. So it's like, hmm. So maybe they'll have a better retention rate. I don't know. <laughs> but now, um, how much was it a year to go to Howard? Okay. This is going to hurt me a lot to say it out loud. I never say this out loud. But it probably, what I, what was on the bill for me was anything from twenty seven to $24,000. A That's year. it? A year. That's it? Yeah, but the I think what they say it's supposed to be is like 31 Oh, okay. So it's around. Yeah, okay. It's around. But there's a public, though, right? They're semi public, private. It's weird, oh, and I can't explain it. So I can't explain it, but it is a public private kind of thing. And so was Wesley. That was their issue. They were private as well. See, Dell State, they were college, and then they went ahead, and I don't know how it works, but they started getting money from the state. And when they started getting money from the state, the name changed to Delaware State University because hmm. it was it was Delaware State College, and then it changed to Delaware State University. And Wesley College used to be Wesley, was it what was it Wesley something? It was different though. It was also a different name, but they don't. I think they were private. Like yeah. So, and to me, I feel like for what the students paid, they weren't getting. A college experience. I had a college experience. These kids, I don't know what they were having. <laughs> That's all right. I don't know what I'm getting either. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah, so Daniel, like, I get it. Like, I know you, um, I know we kind of been off the segregation thing. I understand how you feel because there was a part of me at one point in life that felt like maybe it was better for us to have been segregated but I don't know how we would live in America today if we were segregated and when we were segregated I don't know if you paid if you've seen or heard anything about different like massacres but you know you already know there was the Tulsa massacre that occurred and then there were other there were many other times where white supremacists or just white people generally went and torched these black towns so yeah. it's like we're damned if we do damn it's we not do. good now it, it's definitely not good now nothing still hasn't changed they they ain't burned down businesses though but they're doing but but what's worse than worse than burn down businesses and, and and taking away our income is torturing us mentally they're putting mental blocks on our mind kind of sort of you see what i'm saying I could agree with some of that. You got us thinking like Europeans, though, because most of the black people I'm talking about, though, they, they don't t- think like a black person. Everything is seen from a European 
a point of view. Dark skin, light skin, Mexican, Chinese. I'm a kinky hair, a kinky hair, silky hair, straight hair, though. These are all European states of mind. I think that what happened there was definitely, there's a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? When we start talking about some of those things, some of those things are definitely psychological. Some of it was done in order to keep us ununified. Mm -hmm. And then some of it was a matter of us once again trying to fit in because let's just think about it like this because I know you're like why do we need to fit in we don't need to fit in with them we need to be black and be have our own but it goes back to whites had economic things that were better like I said if if Mr. if Mr. Uh, Kowalski had because we're just gonna I'm just gonna pr- make social profile names so you already know Mr. Kowalski is wet, white so, so Mr. Kowalski has a, a a store, the little shopette store where you can go buy groceries, and Mr. Jones also has a store where you could go buy things, right? Okay, mm-hmm. let's not even talk about the pricing of food. We're not even going to talk about whether which one was cheaper or not cheaper. Let's just keep in mind that one's white, one's black. Well, typically, the white-owned store had a better let's say, opportunity, more money. You know what I mean? Let's just say Mr. Kowalski's employee is going to make um, 10 cents an hour, right? Because th- we talking olden days. So 10 mm-hmm. cents an hour. And old Mr. Jones is going to give you a penny an hour. You see what I'm saying? So let's say you the light-skinned boy with green eyes and good hair. What you going to do? You want the ten dollars so there was a lot of times where people were passing or trying to pass or trying to do those kind of things just to better themselves yeah. you know what i mean yeah that has a lot to do with just trying to and and not because you don't want to be black i don't think that there were people who were i think that there were people who got messed up you know what i mean start thinking they were more than they were but i think in the beginning when it started it was like okay like if you watch the movie um not the movie, but the uh, series, the little series they had on Netflix about Madam C.J. Walker. The other character that was in that program was light-skinned. And she, yeah. had, a conversation. she had a conversation with her mother. And her mother was like, mm-hmm. oh, you high yellow girl. You know you can do anything with that light skin of yours. And it's like, mm-hmm. bruh, no you can't. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just because you light skinned, it don't necessarily mean that you're gonna make it. And yep. I'm be honest with you, like there was a point in time where it wasn't so much that I thought I was better than anybody. I've never thought that I was better than anybody, but there was a time where I kind of had the impression that if I was because I'm light skinned, I would be more acceptable by whites as far as like trying to get the job and trying to, you know, succeed in life. And I bet you are. No, I really wasn't though, because at the end of the day, I'm still a black girl and it's still a white world. Mm -hmm. And so when I was trying to go to these jobs, I mean, and I will say that part of, part of it was the lack of experience because I definitely didn't know what I was doing and I'm a terrible interviewer, but there were many times where I would go in an interview and I like I didn't get a job for the longest after I graduated from Howard. You know what I mean? And it could have been the fact that it says Howard on there. You know what I mean? Because that's the other thing. That's the other issue is as soon as they see, oh, it's a black school, you're a black person. I could have the whitest name ever. I could have been Danielle Kawasaki. You know what I mean? But it say it say Howard on there. Like my name is Daniel Dawkins, and it doesn't sound. I can tell you right now, it's not a black name, even though my grandfather, that was his name. I can tell you the history of that name and where it comes from. It's not, um, even though there are Jamaicans that are Dawkinses, I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with slave trade and stuff. But anyway, um, but yeah, I definitely was not getting a job. And I thought that being halfway cute and light skinned and whatever was going to help. And being smart, because I was smart on top of all of that. And I felt like I, you know, could go in there, you know, charm someone. But I lack confidence. 
I was typically a fail. But there was a point where I did kind of think. But then I got my life right and realized that it wasn't it. That was not going to make it. <laughs> well, then maybe you got to be somebody a few more shades darker than you. It had to be pale skin and close to being close to being European to be accepted. Maybe that. Well, I feel like there definitely there were definitely a lot of black that were in that situation that did do that that did sacrifice and say I'm going to try to pass. So like, that I can. Alex Haley's great grandmother did. Yeah, that was Queen. Yeah, Queen. Yeah, but it didn't make no difference. It was that was one of the most memorable things about that film was when they said when the baby was gonna be born and it was gonna be black. <laughs> it was like that black. I mean, that white man ain't gonna stay with you. They see that baby born. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That that would have definitely could have happened. That baby was black, and that white man said bye. <laughs> that stuff is deep, man. It's deep. All of that stuff that's happened is so deep, and it's so sad. And I wish there was something I could do more. Like well, I wish I could... we can't, we can't change the minds and thinking of people. I I learned that the hard way. I, you can say the truth all you want, but but can't change the minds of people. Well, it's- I mean, like, I wish there was a way that I could, like, I wish there was a way that I could bring to attention to, like, other girls and boys, you know, like, that, you know, if you work hard or, I mean, it's never going to be enough, but you can do enough to make yourself proud and know that you worked hard. And also know that you're special. Like, that's what's important to me. Because I feel like a lot of black children don't feel like they're special. Well, then let me tell you. Well, then let me tell you this. I bet you. And I also got truth, though. If I posted a photo of my Instagram of, like, me having a new girlfriend, though, like, I'm a, if I post a picture of a white, um, uh, of a black girl, I bet you I get, like, a couple likes, but nobody really, really would be juicing me after. But if I post a picture with a blonde hair, blue-eyed, blue-eyed white girl, pale-looking as European as European can be, I bet you everybody would juice that photo up and say, good for you, Daniel, do your thing. Like, don't act like, 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 like the, the scenario I'm saying couldn't happen. It could happen. I'm so. saying, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that if you got a picture, if you had a picture with a girlfriend, like a, like a, just a, a black girl, like a beautiful black woman, right? Yeah. I think you would get like a hundred likes, you know what I mean? <laughs> But if you had that blonde, almost white, you probably gonna get like three hundred. <laughs> Again, large margins here today. <laughs> no offense to anybody out there watching, though. We just spitballing here. I mean, it's the it's like kind of a sad truth. I mean, and we see it though. Like it's there. I felt so. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I was nervous after I watched that movie about um, Madam C.J. Walker because of the whole like light skin thing and the way that she like presented herself, the Hattie. That I was like, "Yo, I'm about to fall back. <laughs> I don't need that back in my life." I had to deal with you know black girl feeling some kind of way about me and I and I hated it because I just wanted everybody to I'm I'm just a person. I just want to be friends with everybody. I'm not I'm not a, I mean I'm a nerd but I'm cool. Like you know, and I dealt with a lot of issues for multiple things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like when that that came up, I was just like it was like flashbacks. I was like, "Oh snap." It's about to go down. <laughs> I gotta see that movie. I don't know if it's still on Netflix or not. It is, because I was watching it again yesterday with my aunt. It's still on Netflix. Oh, it's crazy. I think, it, I think it's a good movie. Of course, it's not like historically accurate. So the historian in me kind of like has a little tick. Well, not but, every it's, it's historically accurate, though. I found out Roots was a made-up story. Everything about Roots was fake. I know, but was it? Yeah, I well, thought it was. I thought it was Alex Haley's. Uh, 
autobiography. Well, he <laughs> tracked, yeah. down, he he tracked down what part of Africa he's from, though, but as far as stories of Kuta Kente and Kizzy and Chicken George and the seven <laughs> of his of, of his dad's family, um, uh, no, of his mom's family, all that was fake. Mm. All that was fake. But but he got to sell something and get and get the story out there, and, and he wanted to enlighten people of a uh, how we got to the country. So he just made he, but they was like make up a story then. Make up a story that matches the narrative, and so he did it. I mean, well, his, like the historical, uh, what figure? Not figures, but the timeline was correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. But other than that, y'all, it, yeah, everything was fake. But yeah. I, I did like Madam C J Walker. Though. I liked it. Um, it has some stuff in it that I didn't like too much, but. It was pretty good. I don't I don't like how they modernized it. I'll be honest with you. Like if I want some historical, I want it historical. You know, that's so interesting because like for me, I'm I don't know what it is about stuff, but like I love when they kind of mix it up. Like I like the fact that it was partially like um we can't spoil it for uh Daniel. Yeah, no, I don't. I won't spoil it. But I, what you're saying, like what you're saying, you don't like about it is mm-hmm. what I kind of like about it. Even um, the Great Gatsby, the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. like I love that because of the fact that they kind of, even though they set it in the 20s, it was still set in the 20s. I mean, and they were dressed like the 20s. It was still it was, modern. It was. It was. There still was this modern affect about it, like. But anyway, yeah. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, I just hope that we all just stay um, positive and like, like, I hope no one loses their, or should I say, I would want to be someone who could inspire a child or someone else to go out and be whoever they want to be and do whatever they want to do because we have to keep thinking like that we have to keep being like what's the word that you use um we have to be like the next thing you know what i mean we need to be on the new wave you know like the one to inspire something else like be the the uh the inventor of something you know continue to be like influential and innovative yeah there's the word thank you innovative um because i feel like there's there's a moment of our history where we have settled down from that i feel like we have a long history of having been innovators and illustrious, and then I think it kind of died down to a degree, or we or mm-hmm. they kind of got hyper focused. The media, I would say, got hyper focused on some things that we do that I feel like isn't necessarily that big of a deal. And people think we're all rappers and athletes, exactly. Yeah. Instead of like looking at, you know, somebody who did something great and Well, say, we are kind of now. I'm like, yeah. back then, we, we, we were something, but now we're all just at rappers and athletes. <laughs> I'm not from the front. That's what I... I wish that they could do more bringing those kind of things to our awareness and promoting those to our children. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, and if you're going to aspire to be an athlete, can we aspire to be something that's not basketball or football? Or tennis at this point. <laughs> we... How many black tennis players do you know besides Serena Williams? Serena and Venus. That's the only oh, one you know. Oh, that Japanese <laughs> and black girl. <laughs> but like, yeah, a black I man play like... hockey. <laughs> there, I think there may be one, but it's very low. Oh yeah, Arthur Ashe was a tennis player. We had Arthur Ashe. I think we had another black person, but I can't remember. I don't know who they were. But I think there was a, a woman who may have been black. But then Venus and Serena came in and, and killed it. And now that Japanese and black girl, I don't know her name, so I apologize. I just know she's Japanese and black. And she beat Serena? 
Oh, young girl. Yeah. She yeah. beat Serena? Yeah, Wow. Man. She beat Serena. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was like a big deal because there was also mm-hmm. like this thing where Serena, I think they kind of felt like Serena was a brat about it. <laughs> but it's like, honey, like, it, it's just, it's everything. Like, somebody is going to beat you at some point. You can be mm-hmm. the greatest for a moment, but then somebody is going to come out and somebody is going to take over. You know what I mean? Like, let's just look at Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey has so many accolades as far as her music goes and how many hits she has in Grammys or or American Music Awards and stuff like that. And she's still doing it. Like, she's still got bigger numbers than certain other artists, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's keep it real. As far as, like, number weeks you know like let's say a song how many weeks it's gonna stay on the billboard top you know what i mean like beyonce gonna kill it you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like so well beyonce haven't had a hit in a while so like you should use somebody else <laughs> i don't know about that i would say beyonce's music went left and then that meant that her white audience had to also leave they oh. <laughs> I know, because she's super pro-black. Heck of pro-black now. I'm like, what the heck happened to your Beyonce? That was a whole thing. Me and my mom had a discussion about that, because it was like, people said that she's trying to, like, she's trying to, she's trying to go with what's the popular thing to do right now. But I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I see what, why people say that, but I don't necessarily agree. I feel like <laughs> Beyonce always kind of, like, knew she was black, and, like, I think she represented black women fairly well. I think it's just that now, because of where we're at, it's like we gotta be a little bit more vocal about it. Cause like, let's look at me for instance. Like, I was never vocal about this stuff, like ever. I was like, when all this stuff went down with um, were silent. When yeah, I mean, I don't know how long you followed me, but let's go all the way back to like Trayvon Martin. Like, I would talk about that stuff in my household, but I would not take that stuff outside of the household. You know what I mean? And I think for a long time, a lot of us were like that. Like, everything stayed pretty much in the household. You don't really take it to work because you ain't trying to get an argument at work and end up fired. You know what I'm saying? Because as soon as one of those white people say, well, Trayvon Martin was doing blah, blah, blah. And you're like, dude, he was holding some Skittles. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. You know, you know you're you're going to get be accused of being a hostile person, you know what I'm saying? So we used to kind of keep it quiet. But now, oh, I mean, it is kind of like being an internet warrior. But I also feel like if I am presented with a situation in public, I'm not going to care anymore. Like, I'm just going to go off. Because well, it's it- 20. Like, I'm a, everything logical out the window. People say whatever the heck comes <laughs> on their mind. So Yo, don't give I feel two you. crap. I think that's the truth, bro. I got into some arguing with some kids on TikTok. I mean, they would have to stop myself. Like, wait a second, I'm not going to argue with no preteen when I'm freaking 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I think you're right, though. I think there is something about 2020 where it's like... <laughs> no, everybody got a freaking opinion in this year, though. Everybody, <laughs> no doubt about it. It's out. The, everything is out the window. If someone doesn't agree with you... On something else, they're gonna fight you to the nail until you until you think just like them. <laughs> like sometimes I'll be wondering, like, what the heck is going on? So like, I just be sipping my tea, and I'm like, I'm just gonna watch all this bull crap unfold. I'm like, who's next? <laughs> go, 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 <laughs> go, go. <laughs> who's next? The hip hop Oh, Kanye just something stupid. Okay, go, go, go. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Oh God! Oh God! I don't know. I really am scared about who's next. Because every celebrity this year has been involved. In I mean, some think about this. Like, like for real, we've had a meme for every month. Like, yeah, <laughs> June. June comes in. What did they say? Like, we're like, May came in. Like, we hope June comes. And they're like, nope, June was bad. <laughs> so then it was like, well, July, what you got for us? And it's like, here's Kanye. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and now it's the August thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Will, what's next month? 
you know, and, and I guarantee you all the stuff going on in the country right now, I guarantee you Asia and like all these other foreign countries, they all just laughing at us. I bet they would be at their TVs like I'm getting popular. Like, like, let's see what's going on in America right now. For real, for real, I have been straight up jealous of South Korea and China for like since April. No, they, they live in good now. They, they live in lavish. They never stop. Like, okay, so yeah, everything started going crazy and they started getting the virus and stuff. But it was like, as soon as they started getting the virus, they started doing stuff that protect themselves. I mean, they already are used to wearing masks and things like that. So that wasn't, that wasn't like a problem for them. But like, they started already initiating ideas and, and plans to, you know, not have COVID or whatever. And so, like, we're here in April trying to figure out how to teach children off of the computer mm-hmm. and canceling school. They've been doing it. Not being able to go to, uh, you know, out to eat and stuff like that. And, like, I was watching people at restaurants, like, chilling <laughs> in South Korea. And I'm just like, why are y'all so lucky to get to have fun with the people? Like I know, I know people who are like in the um, they're in the army. I mean, the air force. I'm sorry, and they're stationed over in Korea, and they're like, like they're living. And I'm just like, dang, maybe I should have went ahead and taught English over there after all. Stupid. I might end up going to a foreign country then if they if if it's better than being out here. Well, the issue is, is they not gonna let us now. Oh yeah, they they border shut down. They ain't taking no chances. <laughs> How we get like this? How did this? That my house have done closed down the border. We up here, and that's like the first thing that Trump did. Like, well, I'm not gonna say Trump. I'll say like the first thing that the government did was.